Boy, the cicadas are thick this year. Yeah. Are these uh are these the seven or those seventeen year cicadas? Sorry, did you just pronounce it cicada? Uh I did. How do you say it? I say cicada. And I say cicada. You say let's eat them. And you say why not a cicada. Cicada. Let's eat them. Why not a let's have a plate full of bugs. Let's have a plate full of bugs. This is the Sarcastic Voyage Podcast, featuring the Sarcastic Voyage unpaid voice acting players. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. You think he does? I think I, I think he does. Well, why doesn't he just call him then? I is there was there some kind of falling out? He, Dom Deluise is dead now. Oh, is he? Yeah. How do you know? Um, I remember that. I remember when it happened to cut like a year or two ago, and I was like, huh. <laughs> you remember where you were? Yeah, we all remember when we, where we were when Dom Deluise died, or when we heard about when Dom Deluise died. For example, you remember being here. Do I? I, I don't know. Do you? I was at your house. No, you were here talking to me. Oh, here, as in the... In the booth. <laughs> okay, so when we do this, I am not in my house and you are not in your house, but we are some other place? Yeah, we were some other place where we're recording a podcast. That's what I'm saying, though. Is that how you see it in your head? You yeah, see it as of. we're we're in a whole other realm. It's like a metaphorical sound booth. Okay. Where podcasts are born. Well, presumably there are two separate sound booths, because listen. Yeah. I mean, after recording, look, I'll, I'll, I'm good for a snuggle. I'm not. I'm not saying that. Oh, but I know. while listen, while we're recording, it's warm. It's really warm. I don't want to snuggle anyone right now. Yeah, exactly. I and you know, I certainly not while recording. No, I, I got like, I feel like that would muffle someone. Probably. I don't know who, but probably the big spoon. Yeah. Well, it depends. It depends. Are we are we face to face like a couple of silver spoons? <laughs> Delicious Puffed Rice Cereal presents The Radio Adventures of Matt and Algar, starring Matt Robotham and Ron Algar-Watt as themselves. Our story so far, Seeking and Finding, A Cure for Unwanted Animal Transformations, Matt, Dottie, and her robot now find themselves between two warring factions deep under the earth. We join them now as they approach the city limits of Subteropolis, home of the gravity-defying stalactitans. And now, today's episode, Hammer Hunt. Horses, Mr. Matt. Something just occurred to me. Mm, what's that, Dottie? Well, we came down here to find a cure for you being a lizard, right? Tabulating. Well spotted. And you're not a lizard anymore. Excellent observational skills. So... Why are we still here? Hmm? That queen sent us to get her sledgehammer back from those stalactitans, titans, but there's no reason for us to do that. Can't we just leave? Well, Dottie, everything you've said makes perfect sense. But let me tell you a little something else that makes perfect sense. Keeping your word. That wasn't a very well-constructed sentence, Mr. Matt. Well, that is why we keep you around, to keep us honest. 
And speaking of honesty... Is that what you were speaking of, Mr. Matt? Speaking of honesty, we gave our word to that terrifying 50-foot rock woman back there, and there's one thing an agent of MUCUS never does... You really need to get a better acronym. Silence! Wait, what did you say? Oh, we were just talking about our terrible acronym. Hi, I'm Matt. I'm Dottie. Tabulating. Hold the line, please. And that's my robot. Uh, okay. Hi. Uh, we're looking for a hammer. Oh, you mean the sledgehammer our people borrowed from the stalagmatitans? Sure, it's right over there. Oh. Really? Sure. We keep meaning to take it back, but, you know, we're at war with these guys. It's really awkward. You know, war. Yeah, I can see how that would be kind of weird. Here you go. Wow, that's heavy! I can't help thinking that the simple act of returning this hammer might end the centuries of bloodshed. Blood? Really? Oh, no. Not our blood. I mean, the bloodshed. I guess you'd just call it a shed. Well, unless it's made out of blood. It isn't. But I could see how that could be confusing. No, they built the bloodshed, or shed... Thank you. ...over the property line, which was the other major cause of this war. Horses? Couldn't you just get a surveyor down here to measure the property line? Oh, sure. And who's gonna pay for that? Me? Him? Who? Oh, I meant the royal him, our king. The answer is no. You won't pay for it. But you live underground. Can't you just dig up some gold or diamonds? With all this heat and pressure, there must be diamonds. Well spotted, Dottie. That is how diamonds are formed. Oh, we have riches. We have untold riches. I guess I just told you. But usually they're untold. Don't tell anybody I told you about the riches. Anyways, it's not a matter of having the money. It's a matter of principle. And hammers. And sheds. You see, our people evolved to walk in what you call the ceiling. That takes a special bond. Like the bond between two neighbors. It's a sacred trust. You check their mail when they're on vacation. They feed your fish when you're away. Is this a metaphor or do you have a fish? Can he even hear us? I think we should just go. But what about all that talk about honoring your word? No, no, you were right the first time. These people are incredibly stupid. Let's, um, let's just go find out. Uh, Dottie, quick question. Did you notice that giant, 50-foot-tall, clearly starting to warm up death ray when we came in? Yeah, me neither. Tune in again for our next exciting installment, Terror Dactyl, only on the Sarcastic Voyage podcast. Sarcastic Voyage has embarked on a modest undertaking to chronicle the entirety of human history in sketch form. Join us as we uncover the mysteries of the past in our ongoing feature, which we call History. It's not as good as it used to be. Late in the 18th century, legendary general Napoleon Bonaparte led a charge into Egypt. In doing so, he hoped not only to seize the ancient land for his people, but also make passage to India more difficult for the hated English. But the expedition wasn't all about military conquest. In addition to tens of thousands of sailors and soldiers, Napoleon brought along nearly 200 scientists and scholars. Stop Uh-oh. hitting yourself with that big rock. 
stop eating stop. yourself is a big rock. That stone, she's a priceless and irreplaceable artifact. Sacre bleu, General Bonaparte, he is come here. Oh, thank heavens. Bonjour, Monsieur Bouchard. Bonjour, General. We are honored to have you here. Uh, tell me that uh, a monumental discovery you have made here. Oh, we, oui, General. We have found this stone. Uh, this stone that you were hitting yourself with when I came in. <laughs> Sir, the soldiers, they... Matter I remind you, Herr Bouchard. Air, my General? Sorry. I thought I was German for a minute there. It happens sometimes. Where was I? Oh, oui, the soldiery. Just remember who holds the muskets here, monsieur. Braun, she always wins over brain. But, sir, surely you are the most cunning general France has ever seen. Yes. France. It is true that I am very smart, Bouchard's son. But do not mistake my intelligence for nerdishness. I am a shock, and shocks will always win over nerds. Sir, this stone we have discovered, it is covered with the Egyptian hieroglyphics on one side, and on the other side, identical markings and languages we know how to read. This means that... Oh! Stop eating yourself with that big rock. Genevra, he's doing it again! <laughs> so he is. So hilarious. One day, I hope to make the English punch themselves as this clever soldier is doing to you now. Ooh, I hate the English so much. With this discovery, sir, we can now read ancient Egyptian. We will be able to... Gah, what is that in my ears? <laughs> the corporal, he has given you a wet guillaume. <laughs> Quel hilarious. So I know you're in command here, and that very little French people must follow, but I must protest this blatant anti-intellectual attitude. The stone, she will give us historical insights that we never before had even dreamed of. Uh, but these soldiers, these jocks, have no respect for history. Do you know why the great Sphinx is missing its nose, General Bonaparte? This isn't the, the Sphinx riddle, is it? Riddles are nerd business. And I think I have been clear about my feelings on nerds. The soldiers shot the nose off that ancient structure and tried to make us eat it. Uh, we made them, how you say, eat boogers. <laughs> oh, Santa Maria. <laughs> oh, that joke, uh, she is worth traveling all this way. Corporal, you are going places in this army? Sir, while you and the soldiers do whatever it is you are here to accomplish, we have introduced the printing press to Egypt. We are trying to make it a better place, as well as trying to understand the rich and mysterious past. <laughs> stop eating oh, yourself with that big rock. I've lost a very important word now. All of your stupid words are still perfectly visible on your stupid rock. I meant in my brain. We now return to Pulp Fiction, starring Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson, and Robert Ruth as Coffee Shop. The following program has been edited for content. All I want to hear from your mouth is you ain't got no problem, Jules. I'm on them. Mr. Foster. Go back in there, chill them. Persons of color. Out and wait for the cavalry, which should be coming directly. You ain't got no problem, Jules. I'm on them. Mama Jama. Go back in there and chill them. Ethnic fellows. Out and wait for the wolf, which should be coming directly. You sending the wolf? Oh, you feel better, mother, father. 
Shoot, black man. That's all you had to say. we done taking care of all this fluid link business. Now that there's Miss Sarah Smith, the doctor's traveling friend. She sure does drive those humanoids wild with her cut-off overalls. Well, Sarah Jane, you know old girl here loves to guzzle that mercury. Now, we better haul tail and find some, I reckon. And this here's the doc. Just a good old time lord boy always in a heap of trouble. Hey, doc, listen. What's that, my girl? Somebody's coming. No shit. Well, better whip out my sonic socket wrench. What's it say, Doc? I ain't got a clue, Sarah Jane, because I plumb forgot to put a display on this damn thing. Well, that's all right. I think I got that receipt in the TARDIS somewhere. Golly, you sure know a lot about drums, Colonel Masters. Well, Enos, you tried joining your rye heap cover band without that kind of know-how, and I told you it's Sheriff now, so hey, who the hell are y'all? What the hell are y'all doing here? I ain't loitering. I know my rights. Now you rush all that up and get back in the house. You don't tell me what to do. I ain't gonna listen to you. Boys, I'm the doctor. Uh, doctor what? Uh. Wait, the doctor? Dang, Sheriff, we got a call, boss. Who loo Enos, you lunkhead. There's no need to bother our friend, the hyper-intelligent shade of blue. After all, this is Georgia, kid. We got guns out the wazoo. Well, hell, that was easy. I wonder why them Daleks don't just up and shoot them every time. They ain't too bright, son. They just figured out stairs. Ain't that easy, boys. I can just come back from the dead like Space Jesus. Hey, I got me a full set of teeth again. Gold, darn it! Doctor What is, was, and has yet to be filmed before an ancient, uncanny race of studio audiences. Uh, hello, yes, what can I do for you? Good afternoon, sir. Have you completely not allowed the Lord into your heart? Have you taken time to embrace the total absence of the divine element in the universe? Ugh, you're those horrible door-to-door atheists I read about in Newsweek. All right, Wolf, fire at will. Ow! Wolf, what the hell, man? What? You heard the captain. I won't do it. I won't let you into this bank vault, you fiend. Quiver in fear, puny bank manager. Quiver at the sight of the mighty metal tentacles of Dr. Octopus. Not so fast. Spider-Man. That's right. Everyone's had about enough of your shit, Dr. Cocktopus. Wait, what, what, what did you just call me? Oh, that was a bad taste. What? What bad taste? This is me. I'm Spider-Man. I make bad jokes while I beat up bad guys. Look, you don't make jokes like that. That was over the line. Line? What line? This man is trying to steal all of the money in your bank vault and quite possibly murder you in the process. That's as may be, web slinger, but I don't use profanity. My kid wants to be Spider-Man for Halloween. Well, what do I tell him? But Did you hear what he did to the vulture? Oh, come on. What'd he do? He grabbed the guy's pills and threw them off a building. Whoa. Not cool. Those pills are how he gets his power. I think. No, they aren't. 
The vulture's 87 years old. That was his medication for Parkinson's disease. What? Oh, God. Man, the Daily Bugle was right. This guy's a menace. He's the menace? He's robbing this bank. I'm trying to save you. We all have our flaws, but I try to be sensitive to the feelings of others. After all, Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. Oh, for the love of... All right. You know what? That's it. I quit. You can tie yourself to a lamppost and leave a note for the cops because I'm through. You hear that? Hear that, world? I'm finished. From here on out, it's Spider-Man no more. (laughs) 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 Easiest 20 bucks I ever made. What? (laughs) Oh, man, you were right. (laughs) What just happened here? Uh, Double or nothing. Yeah, sure. What? My friend here took a friendly wager with me that I couldn't trick you into giving up on being Spider-Man. Your friend? The bank manager. I don't manage this bank, you idiot. My name is Flint Marco. The Sandman. That's right. Otto here said he was short on cash for lunch. I suggested not going over this bank, and he says, No, I have a proposition. And man, was he right. You're nothing but a big quitter. I've been taking the wrong angle with you for years. I should have just tried hurting your precious little feelings instead of trying to crack your skull. Man, this is bullshit. I risk my lives against you people. You don't even take this seriously. I'm out of here. All right, pay up. 40 bucks. So, squeaky voice Lincoln. Yes. At the movies. Squeaky voice Lincoln at the movies. I is think we got a pitch the character here. find of 1997. <laughs> well, how have we only just found him, and, and where's he been all this time? He's under a rock. He's been at the movies. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this uh, star- to these Star Wars remakes. Oh, child, don't go in there. Oh, no. <laughs> Sir, could you please take your hat off? <laughs> you don't tell me what to do. I'm the president. I tell you what to do. Now give me some of that popped corn. So, so Star Wars is a contemporary thing for him. Star Wars remakes or, you know, the 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 special editions. The spe- are con- there you go. The special editions, not the remake. Are, yeah, are contemporary for him, but mm-hmm. popcorn is, is something strange and new. Yes, popping his corn. Ex- that's that's something he Tell doesn't really have more. much. The thing is, popcorn has to have been around forever, right? Yes, the, uh, the, the you know, I wish I could come up with a mat fact off the top of my head. The but, Indians uh, called it, like, phrase? They, they probably called it pop maze. <laughs> no, the Indians actually did, you know, corn was their deal. Yeah. We had corn on North America, and they used it for their purposes. They, like, they made corn chips and corn products and they smoked corn presumably yeah well corn cob pipes yeah, yeah. button noses pies yes. made out of coal pies made out of coal pies made out of coal <clears throat> so like you could have an entire so the indians had a railroad that was powered by pies they had, <laughs> no they had a railroad that had a pie train on it a pie train yeah so were there like pieces of pie as the wheels no, no, it was or like they were giant pies with wheels on the bottom and those wheels were also made of pies. And so and when you're drawing... up and down this great land of ours. Well, at that point, it was this great land of theirs. Yes. So when you're drawing it conveniently, mm-hmm. you can still draw the same little tuft of smoke, only it's like the uh, the scent of pie. Yeah, you, can, you know it's the scent because you can see hobos trailing after it. No, no, no. There weren't hobos yet. They were pre-hobos. They were probos. No, they'd be like, you could do better than that. I was trying to figure out like a proto-bow, but I don't like the way that came off my tongue. Proto-bow? Proto-bow. There we robo. go. Like it's robo-bow. 
<laughs> no, I see because before white people got here, it was all Indian, you know, different tribes of Indians all over the place. So sure. I'm picturing Indian hobos. Right. I'm picturing your 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 stereotypical like Hollywood uh, version of an Indian with the headdress and the tomahawk and and you know so on. Yeah, but the tomahawk's got like a bindle tied around it. Right. Exactly. And he's got fingerless gloves. Yep. And he he warms his hands over a flaming trash can, which is the um, no, but which the, is the constant. The flaming trash can is the uh, the spirit of his people, though. Right. Good noon to you. I'm acclaimed public radio personality Glenn Irons, most recently acclaimed for our documentary feature, Pissing in the Wind, There's Nothing You Can Do About Global Climate Change. For most of us, summertime means fair trade organic chicken breasts on our charcoal grills, an earnest attempt to understand European sports, and of course, new music. Leading the pack this noon is noted heavy metal group Radiation Sickness, who, with their 14th studio release, have taken a more avant-garde approach to their art form, albeit inadvertently. Yeah, so we were setting up in the f***ing studio, right? And Sven, he says, yo, we're out of f***ing vodka. So we take five, right? And I guess we left everything rolling because this bum, oh, sorry, this homeless f***ing piece of shit bum, he comes in and he's like, starts rambling on our tracks right into my f***ing microphone with his pukey f***ing breath. We were about to race that and get back to work, but Sven, he's like, let's release it. Anyway, so now we're up for a best spoken word Grammy. I guess it helps that we told everyone it was Bob Dylan. Rising on dreams from the red clouds. My big tails are pretty. My big tails are pretty. I'm a pretty girl in the game of drugs. My teeth smell like hell. The queen is on line six. We're pretty far from the next solstice, but if anyone's looking for a Yule gift suggestion for a certain acclaimed public radio host, a thesaurus would not go unappreciated. I simply run out of words that mean the same as delightful on this program. Next, we have another aging star of guitar rock, this time punk specifically, and his attempt to stay relevant. Yeah, see, see, the thing is, so the thing, the thing is, yeah, I ain't getting any younger, right? But my daughter... She thinks she's a dinosaur. That'd be, wait, me. She thinks I'm a damn dinosaur. Me. We wrote her Majesty's think ah, when she was a gleam in my eye, yeah? My daughter, not the queen. Sorry, Your Majesty. So I made this record to show them both that I've still got teeth, you know? And I think, I think it speaks for itself, really. This song is called Go Back Upstairs and Standing for Your GCSEs. Well, that was just heavenly. Captivating, even. Next up, we have Random Abstract Melodies, the long-awaited collaboration between electro-funk pioneer Manuel Cristo Tomás de Homonym and minimalist composer Cocteau Payne. You will understand, I grew weary of the staid pedestrian means and mode of creating electronic music. To plop 
and Morador click track down and layer the catchy synth lines or guitar licks is to merely make a money horse, which in the end really only spreads on we no. My vocation, I have always said, is midwife to the cyborg baby of art. These others, they are simply cranking out so-called club bangers with their digital popsicle sticks and digital Elmer's glue. It is mere craft work. Yes, indubitably. Electronic music absolutely must evolve by abandoning those archaic notions of beats and notes, and what the neo-bohemians might call enjoyment, and I hope this new record advances that very worthy cause. I'm so very glad that this opportunity to work with Manuel came about. I was in dire need of a more challenging, more painfully opaque project after the commercial failure of Kafka on the patio. That was positively enrapturing. It has a good beat that I couldn't hear, and I'm sure it's somehow physically possible for one to dance to it. We're going to take you out now with a song from a new animated feature releasing this summer, but it's not from who you might think. You see, I implied that it's Disney, but it's not Disney. And that's why I won the cleverest dad on the radio award. Yeah. We've been accused of, shall we say, aping a certain mouse-based company's style for years now. It started when their feature film, Aladdin, came out, just two weeks before our feature, Aladdin and His Lamp. We've had this, let's just say, rivalry ever since. Children may like King of the Jungle a little bit less than a certain version from the other guys, but we test very well among our target demographic. Confused grandmas. Lately, though, we've decided to branch out into stories that our competitors aren't developing. But, you know, the classics are the classics. The most popular story that we, either company, ever did was about that Little Mermaid. Beautiful story, Hans Christian Andersen, you know. Well, it turns out he wrote all sorts of stories that is those other guys haven't even developed. Hence, our new project, The Match Girl. And what we hope will be the hit song they're from, covered in matches. Why can't my life be covered in matches? The flame cupped in my hands. I can see better lands. Dad will be so pleased. With my gift this New Year's Eve, now there's one less mouth to smack, and there's two less eyes to black. Now there's no more match light. I've been killed by the frostbite. <coughs> <coughs> There's a flag on the moon. How did it get there? You just comment, my Francis. I don't like to see a man get cold. That's why I brought this sweater vest. That sweater vest is effervescent. I effervescent. 
F this, F Lee Bailey, F Murray Abraham, and F Scott Fitzgerald. And F Ella Fitzgerald, she stole my car. That's why we're on the moon. Mine is not to ask why. Mine is but to do or twelve-sided die. That's for dragons and or dungeons. Did you say Don Johnson's dungeon? It's where he keeps his spices. No, that's his spice basement. The spice must flow. Send for men to summon worms. That's one small step for my shoe, one giant leap for lizards. I'm wearing my Chuck Taylors. I'm the brave little tailor. I guess that makes me the Tinker Soldier Spy. I don't give a tinker's damn. I think I can see your house from here. That's not a house, that's Australia. Is that where we're from? No one knows. Don't break the fourth wall. You can't see the fourth wall from space. That's an urban renewal. Houston, we have a removal. You're always talking to Whitney Houston. Who do you think you are, Bobby Brown? Why do we always fight on vacation? Today's show has been brought to you by the novelization of who, what, what, fuck, what was it? What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Wow. Which, oddly enough, was originally strawberry-flavored, Matt. I don't know if you knew that. I don't know anything about that movie. Really? I could tell you far, far too much about What's Eating Gilbert Grape, including the novelization, the sticker pack, the book and record set. And the color forms. And the color forms. Which I unfortunately confused with Shrinky Dinks. Oh, that's a really good way to ruin color forms. Not only that, it's a good way to cause a poison gas cloud (laughs) in your home. Because those things are made of uh, polyvinyl chloride, which, uh, as you know, uh, you don't know anything about polyvinyl chloride, do you? Uh, No. So we got a letter here. All right. Which is nice. We... uh, we, we've been sort of uh, filling this segment with Matt facts, and uh, I, well, I would yes. be prepared if I were you because I'm probably going to ask you for a Matt fact. Oh, shit. Okay. But just just so I'm not going to tell you what it is because what would be the fun in that? Right. This one comes from John Wiggins. All right. And he says, Dear Sarcastic Voyage, East Grimstead Friday. I feel like – I feel I really must write and protest about that sketch. My husband, in common with a lot of people, his age is 50. For how long are we to put up with these things? Yours sincerely, E.B. Debenham misses. Oh, I see. That's that's from Python. Ah, well, very good. We uh, we we don't so much play quotes from things anymore, and I was reading that as American as I possibly could, just to uh, just to undermine that. Because mm-hmm. I like undermining things. I'm an underminer. You're the underminer. Matt, tell me about mining. Mining was first established back in the early 1300s as a way of removing not the excess. Uh, metals that you would find in the ground, but for removing the precious dirt that surrounded those metals. Uh, It was brought up and forged in dirt farms so as to create powerful dirt tanks, the precursor to the tanks we have today. Unfortunately, the dawn of, or excuse me, the age of the dirt farm came to an end when uh, it rained for the first time and everything turned into mud. Ooh, that's when the age of mud happened? It was also how they defeated the Sandman. (laughs) That's always how they defeated the Sandman. That is like, it, no, no. First time they defeated the Sandman with a vacuum cleaner. Did they really? Go back to Spider-Man 3. I think it uh-huh. was 3. 
issue three, not the movie Spider-Man no. three, which also where, has the Sandman. In. Where Spider-Man defeats the uh, the Sandman by sucking him up with an industrial wet vac. Wow. Yep. Thank you, Stan Lee, for everything you've done for us. <laughs> I'm not being ironic in any way. There, I'm dead serious. Thank you, Stan Lee. <laughs> All right. All I the information. I created the shop vac. <laughs> All the information is as it was. Sarcasticvoyage at Gmail, sarcasticvoyage.com. Join the fan club, as you heard Dottie probably tell you about. Yep. It's fun times. Everything here is is all fun times. Everything's great, and you'll have a wonderful time doing whatever it is you do. Yes. And now we would also like you to have safe journeys. Safe journeys, folks. Safe journeys. The sensational shop vac. This episode of the Sarcastic Voyage podcast starred Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham with Dave Fields, Kimberly Lajeunesse, Moises Mora, Joseph Ravenson, Amanda Smith, Sabrina Snyder, and Jason Wallace. It was written by Ron Algar-Watt with Gab Brown, Mark Darren, Matt Robotham, Amanda Smith, and Jason Wallace. It was produced by Algar Productions, copyright 2013.